The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to It's Absolutely All About You with your host, Eileen Nunez. Our program is based on Eileen's book of the same name, Today, you'll learn about the greatness that lives within you and how to bring that greatness forth to live a most successful and rewarding life. Now, here's Eileen Nunez. Hi, everyone. Good afternoon. This is Eileen Nunez with It's Absolutely All About You. I hope you've had a great week. It's Friday afternoon. Happy Friday to everybody. I hope you're planning great things for this long Memorial Day weekend. I'm so glad that you're tuning in today. We've got a really great show going on and definitely not a topic that we all like to that we all like to talk about, but definitely to incur and encourage some awareness. We're going to be talking today about victims of the big victims of the big people. And when I'm talking about victims of the big people, I'm talking about the effects that children have, um, the effects that adults issues have on their children. And when we're talking about what kind of parents we are, what kind of parents we want to be, or even looking back at the experiences that we had being a child, we realize that the impact that we received growing up and the different messages that we incurred as children still affect who we are today. Unless you've really done a lot of work on yourself or you've been able to surpass a lot of those incidents or different issues that you've encountered, typically we all end up with a lot of baggage and information from our childhood that still affects us as we're adults. And so in order to avoid for that to happen to you or to your children or in order for you to have more awareness as to what could be happening around you, a lot of times we want to just stay focused on what's happening in our own home and we don't really want to reach out or or really understand or know what's happening to other people around us. And really part of being a good a good human being and really being involved in society or what's going on around you having awareness of what could be impacting other children or other families is really part of an awareness that I would love to open up today with everybody um because I've done so much work with family court services out of Miami, Florida, I've done a lot of mediations and I've done parenting coordination. Because I was involved in the legal system for quite a while and had so many different families um, come through my office and being able to work with a lot of the children in particular because part of the role that I would take on was to help guide the parents as to how things were affecting their kids but typically the clients were the children. And so I have a lot of information and a lot of um, different cases that I've, that I've worked with throughout the years. And so when I'm looking back at what, what's the common ground or what's the common issue that I could say if I, if I put together this research program and I could say, okay, statistically, this is what I found in my office of having so many client hours accumulated because of the kind of work that I did working with families and with children, one of the things that I noted was many times parents or the adults in the in the child's family did not understand the impact that this was having on the kids. So when we're trying to have our children have this this great life, this great opportunity, and we want them to be successful and we want them to be happy and We want great things for them because I don't know a parent out there that would not want that for their children. One of the things that I I never understood was, doesn't the parent or don't the adults in this child's family understand what is going on for for this child? Are they so consumed in their own issues with the other adult in the relationship or in the ex relationship? 
that the kids' issues are really not that important. And in all honesty, I it was really hard to fathom that, um, whether working as, as a coach or a mediator or as a therapist, it was very hard to watch the dynamic of how these families had restructured their their new future, their new family, or their new um, lifestyle. And it's almost like it's this lack of awareness or almost as if they were not really in tune with what was happening to the kids. So when we have children, you know, in middle school that are cutting themselves and they're really just crying out for help and crying out for somebody to notice that they're not okay, and rather than than talking about their pain, they decide to mutilate their body. You know, this was something that had such a huge impact in in myself and in my work and and really trying to express this information to the adults and the parents involved in these cases without without really wanting to tell these parents or the adults, you know, listen, like, you need to stop making this issue um, something that just surrounds you and involves you because your children are not okay. And a lot of times parents, you know, I mean, they would listen to me, but they really weren't paying attention to what I was saying or to the gravity of what I was pointing out. And so today's program, I feel it's so necessary to really share with with all of you out there, you great listeners, that it's not okay for us to watch that there are kids around us that are not doing okay. And I know that we don't like to get involved and I know that it's 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 a trying situation because you don't want to put the kids in the middle of a, of a bad or a worse situation. You don't want to get involved because that can include a legal altercation of some sort. But so what happens to these kids? What what are we what are we saying? Are we just saying that they just need to deal with it and it, and it's their problem and we don't want to get involved or we don't want our kids around these children because of the situation that they're experiencing at home? And so it's such it's such a very it's such a difficult situation that it varies on how we want to approach this and what can we do. And so today's program is about instilling awareness. It's really to show all of you a little bit about the glimpses of some of the experiences and cases that I had in my own office and in my own experience. And and like I said, cutting was one of the things that I find to be so common in children that are in middle school. Now we're talking about Kids who are typically between 6th, 7th, 8th grade, maybe 5th graders, you know, these are, these are kids that are just entering into puberty for, for the most part. These are kids that are looking for an identity. They're trying to figure out who they are. They're trying to understand why their friends or their peers really don't like them so much or they're trying to fit in. They want to be part of a group. And... For some, they're playing sports, so they're trying out, you know, they hope that they grow more or that they're stronger or that they have more athletic ability. So these kids, per se, are already going through a lot of their own personal issues, just figuring out who they are, right? Their bodies are changing, they're growing up, there's all sorts of different hormonal situations going on as well. And the physical, obvious, um, the physical is also changing and growing, and so just to take that population for a moment and try to understand when these children's parents aren't getting along. And for the most part, these were families that have spent many years already in the court system. So for the most part, these are families where there has been a divorce or there has been a separation between the adults and the kids are just being ping-ponged right back and forth to each other's homes or to try to figure out, um, you know, this is what your dad has done, this is what your mom is doing, and to include the kids to have to take sides between mom and dad, which we've got to remember that our parents, our mothers, our fathers, our immediate caretakers are really the closest thing to God or a God-like figure that we have in our lives when we're young. So when we're trying to understand how this child can conceptualize that now this person who has been part of their family for a while or was part of this unit or this nucleus of mom, dad, and themselves is now the enemy. 
And now we've got to treat this person like there's something wrong with them or that there's something bad about them. When all along, when you're obviously a parent of a smaller or younger child, you're trying to instill love and affection and understanding and you, t- you teach them about forgiveness and how important it is to say sorry and to have good manners. And so all of this is part of the information that you have given to this child growing up. But all of a sudden you decide, you know what, I don't like the person that I was with anymore and so I need an ally and so I'm going to bring my child into the situation that I've been experiencing with my ex and now we begin to fill this child's mind and their emotions with all of this negativity, right? And we know people like this. You may have been one of these victims of the big people that I'm talking about today. You may have come from a house where your parents were either very argumentative or there was a separation or a divorce that you experienced growing up. So you know what I'm talking about. And so you're aware what it felt like being in the child's, on a child's end. And so I'm going to be leaving you um, with that for a couple minutes. We're going to be breaking now, and we'll be back in a few minutes. Thank you. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Most of us have experienced the loss of a loved one, be it a friend or family member. There are all kinds of questions and emotional pain that we go through, but you can move on. Listen for From Morning to Morning with Rabbi Mel Glazer. It doesn't matter what faith you are, or if you even have no faith, you are sure to find meaning in Rabbi Mel's words and personal experience, as well as that of his guests. From Morning to Morning airs live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. are tuned into It's Absolutely All About You. To reach Eileen Nunez or her guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to famwellhealing at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. So if we continue to understand the impact that we're having or our attitude and our behavior is having on our kids and we're understanding that they're not doing so well or they're not doing as well as we would like them to be doing, a lot of times when I'm encouraging parents to be attentive as to what could be going on with your middle schoolers or your high school um, children, nine times out of ten the parents are not even aware that the child is cutting or that the child is not happy or or having emotional issues and and their thought process is coming from a very dark place. So making this awareness today or encouraging this awareness with so many great listeners that we have um, on the show today is really about being attentive when you see the signs that there is a child that is retracting, that there's a child that perhaps wanting to be part of a group or part of, um, of what's going on around them. They are the ones that tend to stay away from, from the groups or, or tend not to have a lot of children that are friends with them. Um, the other sign that I see a lot is, again, I'm not really sure how it would be detected in other, in other places, but in Miami, we typically have very warm weather. And what I see when I'm getting children coming in and it's 80 and 90 degrees outside and they're wearing long sleeves, you know, again, that, that's, that's something that, you know, is odd. It's not normal for a child to be wearing long sleeve clothing when it is definitely very hot outside and very uncomfortably hot to be wearing long sleeves. So one of the things that I tend to do when I'm working with these, with these children is, you know, I ask them a little bit about, um, do you typically wear long sleeves and why would you do that? And what would happen if you took off your sweater in my office? Or what about if instead of wearing long sleeve shirts or sweaters to come to my office and to your sessions, you decide to start wearing shorter sleeves? And typically, 
that's when I get them to open up. And that's when they start to tell me, well, you know, I wear pants all the time or I wear long sleeves because I really don't want my parents to notice um, that I've been cutting. And at that point, there's a big shift because the child begins to feel this, this level of releasement and relief that they've told somebody their secret. Now, a lot of times when I ask and I, I, I continue to go into further questioning, there's usually a friend that knows about this. And that's why I'm really encouraging all of you out there to have this sense of awareness that if your child is probably or perhaps not the child that is cutting or self-mutilating, but they probably know of somebody who has done this. And it might be their best friend and Sometimes by getting the by getting the child who's not cutting to encourage the child who is cutting to talk to either their parents or have a conversation with their own parents about what is going on with their friends, at that point, that level of of bringing the subject out and being able to have an open line of communication typically gets the child that is cutting to stop cutting if somebody finds out their secret. Right, Because it's not a secret anymore. It's not something that they have to do and that they're hiding. Now it's out in the open because they've told their friend. Their friend encouraged them to either tell their parents or their friend told their own parents. And now the line of communications begin to open up, right? And many times it has so much to do with self-image. So if we're realizing that the children that are hanging out with hanging out with our kids have issues of self-image or our child is having an issue of self-image, this is something that you want to take very seriously. You don't want to just pretend that it's okay, you know, all teenagers do this. And a lot of times that's the phrase that's used very heavily and very commonly in my office with some of these parents that are not realizing what their kids are doing. And the reason why this is so important to bring up and to talk about today is because when a child is feeling this level of desperation and this level of dislike for themselves that they're willing to painfully cut into their skin, whether they do it on their thighs or whether they do it on their arms or their wrists, um, it's still coming from a place of not being happy, from a place of being afraid to, to speak up or speak out or have a line of communication with mom or dad because Many times, their parents are not in a good place, and so the child feels overwhelmed with having to address their own issues, so they allow their parents to just think that everything is fine, everything is okay, just not to burden the parents with another problem, because they feel that if they do, then it's just going to create more problems between the mom and the dad, and they don't want to, they don't want to continue to create this anxiety and, and this aggression. And so when we're, when we're watching out for these children, we also begin to realize that if they were good students or they were average students in school, guess what? Their grades are going to begin to go down. Why? Because there's a sense of hopelessness. There's a sense that they're not caring um, about things having to do with school anymore. Their mind and their emotions are so entangled in the negativity going on around them that they rather just surrender and give up any opportunities of doing well just because they their, their mind is not on that. They're not able to focus and stay attentive to their responsibilities, which are to do well in school and, and to, you know, at least attempt to pull a C if that's typically what, what they're used to getting in the past. So part of this show today is to really help you all to understand that just because a child is saying that they're okay, it doesn't necessarily mean that that is true. And that you as parents, as adults, as maybe a child one day um, who has um, had these sorts of experiences in your own life, you want to you poke at it a little bit more. You want to really dig deep and figure out what is going on with this child who used to be a straight-A student or used to be an A-B student and is now getting Ds and Fs. What's going on? What's going on in school? Are they not having friends? Are, be, are they being rejected by their, by their peers? If that's happening, then what could that be? Is it because they're in a new school? Is it because they don't want to talk about what's going on at home? 
Is it because they're sitting in class and they're consumed with all the problems that are going on between mom and dad and they don't know what to do? They don't know how to figure it out. They don't know how to help. Sometimes they might feel responsible for what is going on between mom and dad. And so, again, more than anything, it's about understanding that it is our job as adults It is our obligation to realize when our kids are doing well and when they're not doing so well. And it's really puzzling for me when your your children may be doing great. They might be doing outstanding and they have a friend that comes to your house from time to time and you begin to see that the behavior in that child begins to become different. And that you don't think it's your business or you don't think it's important for you to say something. Or for you to maybe even talk to the child's parents and and ask. You know, there's nothing wrong with asking. And I know that we all live a very private life and we don't want to get involved in other people's issues or problems. But we're talking about being able to make a difference in a child's life who is hurting, who's definitely coming from a place of pain and coming from a place of not feeling like they're okay. And just stepping back and ignoring that the signs are there and deciding that you don't want to be a participant, even if it means just calling the school, even if it means getting the counselor, the school counselor involved, that's, that's, that's a great step to take. That's something that I completely encourage. You don't want to get involved with mom and dad or what's going on in their home. You know what? If the child goes to school with your kid Just go to school the following day, talk to the counselor, give them the name of this child, make them aware that it's their duty as a school, as as the counselor, as the teachers, we're all responsible for these kids. Make them aware that you're seeing a change in this child. Make them aware that you used to see a certain attitude and now you see them displaying a different attitude because the counselor's going to know. They're going to be able to pick up certain signs and be able to bring the child in. And guess what? You just help that child. You didn't do it directly perhaps with the child or the parents, but you did it indirectly through the counselor and the counseling program. And so it is all of our responsibility to make sure that the kids in our society are doing well and it's, it's sad because when we think about when we were young and when we were growing up, we used to look at our adults, even if it wasn't your own parents, even if you were in school, you expected teachers to do the right thing. You expected the adults around you, your children's, uh, your friends' parents, you, you, you expected them to do, to at least protect you, to at least take care of you. If you were staying in their home, you expected them to feed you, you expected them Um, to give you a place where you can sleep that night. You had a certain level of expectation. And I find that more and more, that's dwindling away just because we don't want to get involved. And so when I was doing all this work with the court system and when I get involved in these these very difficult cases, whether it's something that I want to get involved in or there's something that I don't want to do, Many therapists have even opted out of going to do any work with families that have these very difficult, conflictual um, lines of communication and dynamic because they don't want to get called into court or they don't want to get called by an attorney involved in a court system. So I'm asking all of you to at least be vigilant. Take, take, Take the steps to realize, okay, my child's doing great, so I think my child's okay. But, you know, I see that they're hanging around with this child or, or these um, group of kids. What is possibly going on for them? And, and make it your job or make it at least something that you do with intention to make sure that your child and other children around your kids are safe and are in a good place. Now, the other piece that I wanted to be addressing today is many people out there, even listeners today, are either divorced or separated, and you might have children, or you're in the process of of going into a relationship where your partner has children, and we begin to understand that the legal system, when it comes to custody battles, or the legal system in general, because there are so many cases, 
many of these cases do fall through the cracks. And when I'm talking about cases, guess who's falling through the cracks are the kids. They're the ones that are they're the ones that are suffering. They're the ones that are not having the best experience in life. So when I get some of these parents, like yourselves, just coming into my office and talking a little bit about, you know, why it is that your child maybe isn't performing at their best in school, it's not always because they're cutting and it's not always because they're they're having self-esteem issues. Sometimes it's just because they don't know how to handle the new situation that has that has evolved in their life. They're not understanding um, why it is that now you guys have to share share your child or share the time um, with your spouses or your ex-spouses. And, and all of this becomes very difficult for the child to understand. And the more, the more accepting and the more settled the adults are in these cases, the better this child is going to be able to transition and move forward from whatever it is that's going on so that they can continue to be successful and strive for excellence. But if it's something that you continue to rehash on as something negative and it's something that is pointed out to the child on a regular basis, they're not going to be able to get out of this life transition very, very powerfully. And so when I'm doing these life transitions, empowerment coaching sessions, and I'm working with families that have a lot of conflict or they're just in a, in a very negative line of communication with their ex-spouses, I really try to help each individual on these cases to be able to assess what exactly are you so mad about? What exactly is taking you to this place of no return where you don't want to talk to the ex, you only want to talk through emails or through text messages or you want nothing to do with them, yet you expect your child to be living with this person that you're having so many so many problems with. So you don't want to communicate with this ex, but guess what? You're sending your children, because it's the law, you're sending your children to spend time with this person that you dislike so tremendously. What about if you took the time to assess what it is about that person that you dislike so much? What is it about that person that has hurt you so deeply that you really need to go in and figure out how to process what has happened so that you can move on and you can help your children move on? Because if you're stuck, mom and dad, and you're going through these different cycles of hatred and anger and resentment and bitterness and, and the cutoff and not wanting to talk to this ex, you're putting your children in a very negative predicament because you're situating them in a place where, guess what? If that child reminds your ex of you, guess what? Your child is going to be under, they're going to be under attack more times than not. So rather than you handling the situation that you don't want to attend to, you're setting up your child to be the target to this person, all because you've decided that you don't want to deal with them anymore doesn't mean that you get the option or the luxury not to deal with this person anymore because you've left your children to do it for you. And so... When I'm working these triangles in my office and I'm trying to understand and assess, well, why is this child not able to perform well in school? It's the obvious. How can you expect them to focus and concentrate and study and do well and want to stay involved in school and in their activities and having a good time with their friends and peers when when they get home, all they have is this tragedy and this this difficulty of very poor lines of communication or very obstructed lines of communication between you and their parents. And so part of today's awareness is realizing and really reflecting as to where is it that you have taken part in this situation? Where is it that you have participated in your child's failure? They're counting on you, mom and dad. They want you to be, to be well so that they can feel happy and they can feel like, okay, I don't have to worry about my mom or I don't have to worry about my dad. So that time and that energy and that effort, I'm going to begin to worry more about school, more about being socially um, engaged, more about um, 
signing up or trying out for different types of different types of activity activities or clubs in school but it really starts at home and that's why it it's if I can create this awareness for you today and I can encourage for you to take responsibility for what your part in all of this is and you can own it. You can own this experience. You can own how it is that you deterred from being a participant in what is going on in your child's life that isn't going so well. Then you're going to begin to feel empowered. You're going to begin to feel better about yourselves. You're going to begin to feel like you've made a positive impact in your child's life in spite of everything else that's going on. So when, you're, when you've stayed bitter or you've stayed upset with your ex-spouse or ex-boyfriend, fiancé, um, however you want to name this significant other in your life, when you've stayed in that place of bitterness and resentment and regretting the time that you spent with them, if you could reflect and really dive into what is it about this person that is upsetting me so much still at this juncture after so many years have passed, that's really part of the healing process that needs to take place in order for your children to be okay. It's not okay to pretend that it's okay, right? Just like I said a little while ago, it's not okay for your child to pretend that it's okay and they're telling you, yeah, mom, I'm doing fine, I'm doing great, but you know them and you know that they're not 100%. It's not okay to walk away and say, well, you know, he'll get over it or she'll get over it because they're just a teenager. They'll get over it. It's a phase. Investigate. Figure it out. Talk to your child. Take them or send them to the school counselor. You You can use that approach as well. Have the school counselor talk to them. Then you make an appointment with the school counselor and try to figure out what's going on with your child. But this is so important because we see so many kids out there that are not doing well. They get involved in in drugs and alcohol at such an early age. I remember a few years back, I was working with an 11-year-old. An 11-year-old who was already an alcoholic. An 11-year-old, I mean, this is a baby. This is somebody who has such, such a bright future ahead of them, and, and they, they decided that drinking vodka was their way out. And it took a couple years for the parents to figure this out because they had no idea until, until I started to see this child that they were not okay. Their grades had already plummeted. They were very detached from their peers, didn't have a lot of friends, were being made, up, made fun of in school, were being bullied. And they didn't want to talk to their mom or their dad because their mom and their dad were in this custody battle and in this court system just fighting every single, every single issue was being fought. And this child didn't want to add to the fuel. Imagine that. Being 11, 12, 13 years old and living with such a burden, living with such with such baggage, when all you're supposed to do is just be a kid, when all you're supposed to do is just have fun and enjoy your childhood, because it's the only one you have. And so the reason why I'm bringing up this awareness and I'm encouraging you parents out there, grandparents, step it up. If you feel like your children are, 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 are disconnected or detached from what's going on, speak up, say something. The kids need it. They deserve it. They deserve to have at least the opportunity to try to make it through. And so when we're, when we're looking at the emotional impact, when we're looking at the thought process that these kids could possibly have that would deter them from coming to the adults in their family, their adults, the adults in their life, it's really sad to realize how much we have failed our kids how it is our responsibility to make sure that they have the life that they've dreamt of and somehow we're impeding them from having that that birthright to having it all. And so when we're talking about it's absolutely all about you, I'm encouraging you parents to assess what it is that you're walking away from or running from so that you don't get to see what's actually going on 
for your child? What is the underlying issue that they're going through? And so I'm going to be leaving you um, with that for a couple minutes. We're going to be breaking now, and we'll be back in a few minutes. Thank you. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Encouraged and connected on our lively, award-winning Healthy Living Power Hour. Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. stop to question yourself? Is there more that you could be doing in your life to help you? How can you manifest real change in the world? The answers to these and other questions about ourselves lie in sustainability from within. Featuring host Silvelli Salviato, you can take the either or and change it into both and. If you want to make real changes in yourself, your life, and your world, you can't miss one show. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to It's Absolutely All About You. To reach Eileen Nunez or her guest, please call in to one 888 346-9141 That's 1-888-346-9141 You may also send an email to famwellhealing at gmail.com Now, back to the program. So as we begin to realize the impact that our kids are receiving because of our own actions and we begin to understand that we're making our children look at the evil or dark side of our of their, their other parent, which at some point when they're growing up, they're being told that they're supposed to equally love mommy and daddy. These are such mixed messages that the child begins to have a, a lack of understanding how to be in a relationship or how how to have a relationship with their peers, with their friends, with their uh, with their parents, how how they can act even to other family members. So because as adults we've chosen we didn't want to deal or we did not want to continue in this trying to figure out what happened in the marriage or in the relationship, what it is that hurt you so deeply that now not only are you suffering or you suffered from that loss or that separation that now your kids are going through this, we begin to understand that the child is now having an impact on their development. And if we want them to understand that family is important, but only certain types of family or only certain communication with certain family members, or we're giving them such confusing information this becomes so chaotic in a child's mind because then what happens is the fear begins to take over remember how we talked about in that segment how fear is a paralyzer well guess what guys if they're doing the homework and they're not turning it in it's because of fear if they're not doing their homework because they're afraid of you know not achieving success that means they've already given up that comes from fear so the same situations are now being patterned. Not only did you go through it, but your children are an extension of what you've gone through. And you have every right and ability and empowerment to be able to change that and modify it, not only for yourself, but for your kids. If we're expecting for them to do well and to be high achievers and to have a great career one day and have success and excellence show up in their life, It's got to start by you. It has to start by what you do, how you act, how you get to resolve the conflicts in your life. 
how it is that you get to have certain lines of communication, even with people you don't like, or even with, with someone who has done something hurtful to you. How do you turn that around? How do you still have an open line of communication with that individual so that you can both get past it? When you think that this child comes into this world typically because there's a relationship that comes with love, some, some level of love, because you've decided not to engage with that person anymore, with that ex-spouse or ex-partner, your child is still left in this situation of having to have, by law, by, by just them having this parent in their life, now you've made a decision you don't want to be in the relationship anymore, but your child will remain in that relationship with that other person for the rest of their life. And so part of you protecting your child comes with helping yourself. So when you thought that you were off the hook and, oh, you know what, they're just an ex, don't have to deal with that person anymore, they're out of my life, thank goodness for that, but you send your child to this person's house every week, every other weekend, um, whatever the visitation schedule entails, they're not they're still in this relationship. They're still stuck with this person that you decided to adamantly cut out of your life. And so every time that you do that, what kind of a message are you giving to your child? You're telling them it's okay to send them over to this person that you felt was violent, was aggressive, was not nice, um, hurt you, but you're sending them over there anyway. So what can the child begin to think about you? What kind of an image, what kind of understanding could your children have with your actions? Oh, so mommy doesn't want to talk to daddy anymore because she hates him. Clearly she hates him, but she sends us over there anyway. So the child can feel that you're sending them into harm's way on purpose. When we're talking in reverse, you know, um, dad is trying to figure out, you know, how it is that he's going to move on with his life, but... You know, he can't do that because mom is still uh, very upset and she starts talking to the kids about everything that happened within the relationship when she was married to dad. How impressive could that possibly be for your children? When again, these are people in their life that they were taught to love, that they were taught to respect, that they were taught to, to understand and to be able to follow their directives, right? We give children directives all the time. We tell them what to do. We teach them what's right and what's wrong. So how puzzling could this possibly be for a child who's trying to figure out, okay, am I supposed to be nice to mom today because dad told me not to? Am I supposed to be nice to dad because mom told me not to? Like, what does this child do? And the tragedy really begins when the parents decide now they're going to begin to find new partners. And so now this child is made to think that they need to love their new partner, their parents' new partner, right? Their, their step-something um, or this person that mom or dad are dating. They're supposed to really be respectful and loving and kind and nurturing to this individual that they just met but they've got to stay mean and upset and angry and resentful towards mom or dad. What kind of a message are we given, giving our children? Are we all understanding now the concept of confusion that they could possibly be going through? Do we understand how the messages are, are, are off? They, they don't even make sense as I'm talking about. It doesn't even make sense. Imagine for a small child. And so we're made, now we've got, to, we've got to encourage them to like our, our new significant other, right? So they've got to have this sense of loyalty to somebody who clearly appears not to be taking the place of mom or dad necessarily, but somebody else of authority that, you know, to a certain extent will have some, some impact in their life. Doesn't everybody see this to be confusing? Doesn't it appear to be extremely dysfunctional? 
So we're asking the kids to do what adults are supposed to do when, when even the adults are not able to handle a certain situation. So when, when a child is supposed to be innocent, when a child is supposed to just be a child, when a child is supposed to have fun and, and, it's in, and is encouraged to do well and be successful in school and in other aspects of their life, but we're asking them to grow up. We're telling them that they need, they need to assume this responsibility and they need to take action in liking somebody without really understanding what this new person in their life signifies to them. Because clearly, by you parents telling your child it's not okay to have a good relationship with your ex, you begin to teach this child to hate. You begin to teach this child not to have a lot of confidence in themselves or in the decisions that they make. Why? Because you are not feeling confident in what you're doing. Because if you were feeling confident and you had positive, strong self-esteem, guess what? You would have gone over the issues. They wouldn't be issues anymore. The reason why you're stuck in not liking or cutting off this ex is because you're still in pain. And guess what? When we think that the lawyers and the attorney, the, the lawyers and the judges are helping us out in these cases, in these court cases, and even if they assign a guardian at litem, guess what, guys? That's your job as mommy and daddy to this child. It's not up to the court system. The court system is there and they assign mediators, which is a work that I used to do or that I still do when it comes to these cases. What am I there to mediate? I'm there to remind mom and dad how powerful whatever they say and however they act, how powerful those actions are when they're in positive and when they're good, it's really good for their kids. But when it's deteriorating, it's not good for the kids at all. And so as much as the system tries to help out these families, guess what? It's really not their job. It's really not their kids. So when they say it's in the best interest of the child, guess what? Yes, but no. Because mom and dad don't, don't have it together. Mom and dad have not gotten past the resentment, the rage, the anger, the disappointment, the disillusionment of losing out this relationship that they, that they were in. But it's not the kids' fault. It's not the children who need to carry this burden around. The children are not okay. And when I talk about them being victims of the big people, guess what? You are the big people. And the reason why I thought it was important to call victims of the big people, why I decided to use that name, is because to our kids, we are that big person because we are the authority. We are the ones that are supposed to have it together. We are the ones that are supposed to be responsible. We are the ones that are supposed to know how to direct them into this place of success and excellence that we keep talking about. Nobody wants to know that their children are not doing well in school. Everybody wants to hear that their child is getting good grades but if they're not getting good grades, you need, you need to dig deeper. You can't just think it's because the child is lazy, which is a term I, use all the, I, I hear being used all the time. And it's very frustrating to hear that when a child comes into the office and says, well, I'm not doing my homework or I don't do so well in school because I'm lazy. My mom and my dad say I'm lazy. So you just labeled your child. You just crippled your child. You just told them to give up because they're lazy. What about digging deeper and diving into what is going on and, and really going, coming to terms with understanding what could I do different in order for my child to have more success? What could I begin to do with my child to help them incur higher self-esteem and confidence so that they feel that doing homework or handing in their homework, getting good grades, studying, applying themselves better in school 
that mommy and daddy are here for them. What about doing that? What about stepping up and deciding that rather than using all the energy to hate and to resent, what about applying it to helping your child be successful? And something I used to use with my own kids growing up, I never asked them, do you want to go to college? I would ask them, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's the way we did it. It's the way my family was managed. My husband and I had that very clear. They're going to college whether they like it or not. I mean, they, we, we wanted to make sure that they were going to have success in their future. And the best way to assure that was to encourage them to think about what they wanted to be when they grew up. What were their dreams? Helping them create dreams. You know, what do you think about a lot? What do you see that, that you connect to? You know, do you love animals? Is it being a vet? Is it working on people's teeth, being a dentist? Is it deciding that you want to help people, families? Is it being a psychologist? Is it because you love math so much, you just want to be a mathematician and teach people how to do math? All of this is part of your job as a parent. It's not allowing your children to be victims because they're around you. You want your children to be heroes. You want your children to be successful. You want your children to connect to their greatness by watching mommy and daddy connect to theirs. I want to leave you all with a few minutes to think about what I'm talking about and really assess where it is in your life and in your family that you can begin to make this shift, that you can begin to assess where you have been perhaps a participant in, 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 being, um, in creating this kind of situation at home for your kids. Thank you all for listening today. I'm so tremendously grateful that you've all listened in and that you have allowed me to share with you today. Have yourselves a beautiful week and we'll tune in again next week. We appreciate you tuning into the program this week. Please join Eileen Nunez for another edition of It's Absolutely All About You on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk again next week.